Ladies and gentlemen, live from coast of the Carolinas by way of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is the moment sports betting fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Introducing the Fistful of Cash Podcast! What is going on, guys? You are tuning in to the newest edition of the Fistful of Cash Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dale Lippin, in here trying to break down this weekend's UFC event for you, UFC Fight Night London, Till versus Masvidal. Going to be a great card. Uh, really excited for what's to come. And uh, I think that this is going to be one of the ones, like I said, I've been saying it all week and I continue to say it. You know, the the UFC has really stepped up their matchmaking since the ESPN merger or the ESPN deal. And, uh, you know, these days of cards where it's very clearly going to be a winner and a loser are coming you know, rapidly to an end. And this card is no exception. There are a ton of evenly matched fighters, uh, or matchups rather in this fight or in this, on this card. Um, and it's just going to be, it's going to be great. Uh, it's, it should be a good night. A little bit of MMA news throughout the week. Conor McGregor got arrested again, stole, or well, use the word stole loosely here. Uh, some dude taking pictures, after a guy was out at the club probably all night, had one too many proper 12s in him, uh, probably got a little close, a little handsy, probably was bumping into Connor, being, you know, not reading the room, if you will, and then McGregor acted uh, out the way that he should. Now, here's the thing. I'm an angry dude. Uh, I've, I've toned things down a lot uh, in my life, but I, I can I can see where McGregor's coming from on this, uh, you know, I can't imagine what it's like to be of that level of fame and then try to go out and like live your life and have a good time. Uh, I just can't imagine how difficult that must be. You would think that it would be, you know, for the most part, it probably is sunshine and rainbows and awesome being that rich, that famous, that powerful, that influential. Um, I'm sure it probably is that way. But for, you know, in other instances, I can't imagine being that, being that famous, being that influential, being that powerful, having that kind of money would be that, that fantastic. Um, and, you know, having a guy that's constantly in your space, probably trying to ask to take pictures or, you know, what, whatever he's trying to do, maybe sales pitch or whatever the case may be. I could see how he would be frustrated to the point where he takes the guy's phone and smashes it on the ground. I could see that. Um, you know, I, I I get it. Is it was it the right thing to do? Probably not. But do I understand where he's coming from? Yeah. Uh, now is this guy trying to make a, a whole lot bigger deal out of it than it really is? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, there used to be a time where if you were just being an asshole, you get slapped. You know, um, if you push somebody too far, you you catch hands, and you just sort of deal with the repercussions of catching these hands, and that's really not the way the world works anymore. People expect you to give all of yourself and not say anything in return, or they expect a level of intimacy or availability or or relatability 
that somehow holds you accountable to what their standard of your behavior is. And that's just not the way it should be. Uh, we see this a lot in this apology culture of athletes now where they say something, you know, or they did something 10 years ago and now they have to go on this huge apology tour. It's just bullshit. You, you know, I, I'm sorry. If you're, you know, if you feel genuinely sorry about it, sure, that's great. If you don't, though, I, I am not in the business of apologizing for things I'm not sorry for. Now, I don't have the platform that those guys have. You know, I'm not a Kevin Durant. I'm not a. I'm not a Conor McGregor. I'm. I'm obviously not these things. But if you say something, you know, to to the effect uh, to the effect where somebody gets offended by it, that's really sort of their problem. It's not necessarily something that you have to go out of your way to apologize for. Be like, oh, I didn't mean to offend you. It doesn't matter whether you meant offense or not. You said what you thought, and that's the end of it. If that person doesn't like you or doesn't like what you said, that's on them. Being offended is like pissing your pants. Nobody feels that but you. You're the one doing that. So, you know, I hate to see these athletes constantly under the gun and having to apologize for stuff that's just not necessary. There's no need to apologize for that. That dude was probably being an asshole. I mean, you were an asshole to a guy and you got your phone smashed. Guess what? The next celebrity that that dude sees, I guarantee you, he's not going to act the same way. That's called learning a lesson. We don't have to press charges every time somebody's taught a lesson. We don't have to make somebody apologize or forfeit pay or get fined or resign from a position every time they make somebody else teach a lesson. It's the way it is. Anyway, off my soapbox. Let's get on this card for the weekend. Super pumped up about it. Like I said, uh, Fight Night London, Till vs. Masvidal. Great evenly matched card. Uh, kicking things off on the, the main card, Jack Marshman versus John Phillips. Jack Marshman, always tough. Uh, the Welshman comes to bang every single time, taking on a very game opponent in John Phillips. You know, we haven't seen Marshman uh, since the loss to Carl Roberson, uh, where Carl Roberson looked absolutely fantastic. Um, Phillips is coming off a loss to Kevin Harlan, or I'm not Kevin Harlan, Kevin Holland, rather, and then uh, he got submitted by uh, Charles Bird as well. So here's the thing with Phillips is – when he loses, uh, he gets choked or, uh, you know, he gets snatched. Something gets snatched. He, he's very susceptible to submissions. He does not have to worry about that at all with a guy like Jack Marshman. Jack Marshman is not interested in executing any sort of submission-based game plan whatsoever. This is going to be a dogfight. There's no way that uh, this fight gets out of the, you know, there's no way that this fight ends without somebody bleeding. Uh, I like Jack Marshman in this fight. Currently seeing him coming in. <clears throat> excuse me. I got this weird. It's pollen season in the south. There is like a layer. It looks like somebody put neon green powdered sugar over everything. I cannot freaking breathe right now. Um, so I'm sorry for being wheezy and coffee and everything else this episode. Uh, Anyway, Jack Marshman coming in at minus 165. I still think that there's a lot of value there, even though it's at 165. Um, I I would almost want to go that this fight's going to go the distance. Don't know what the over-under on rounds is going to be yet. Those don't ever come out prior to weigh-ins, which are uh, Friday mornings. So we record this on Thursday night before weigh-ins. Uh, initially, when the show started, we were doing Friday nights, uh, releasing your 
we were recording and releasing Friday night, so that way everybody could get to the book before the fight started on Saturday. Just a lot to do in one day, waiting to see how that shakes out. And then, you know, to be self-serving with it, it just wasn't getting the numbers that I wanted because I couldn't, it didn't allow you guys enough time to listen to it, share it, uh, all those things. So we started doing this Thursday night thing. Because of that, we don't have the way in results and we don't normally have the over under on rounds but um whenever this one comes out i like the i like this going to decision i like jack marshman via decision um he's just a grinder and i think he's going to go out there and he's just going to put on a great fight i think he's just going to beat john phillips up um again i don't see this fight making it uh the distance without somebody bleeding all over the place if the canvas isn't painted by the time this fight starts it will decorate the 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 canvas moving forward i definitely think that jack marshman has it in him uh, to write this ship and def and you know eke out a, a win here. Uh, next one we got is Danny Roberts versus Claudio Silva. Oh man, Claudio Silva lost his pro debut some years back and has since rattled off twelve in a row. The issue that you see with Claudio Silva is he doesn't fight that often. He is injury rattled. Uh, Danny Roberts, on the other hand, stays fairly active. Um, you know, he's looking to uh, sort of continue this win streak that he's on right now, but he's going up a really, uh, you know, just a really dangerous opponent in Claudio Silva. Uh, what you have here, though, <clears throat> with Danny Roberts, man, this this Pollen thing is just beating me up. Um, what you have here with this Claudio Silva matchup is, I think, probably too much too soon for him. I don't think that Claudio Silva's that... Um, that susceptible to the striking that Danny Roberts is going to want to bring to this. Does he have knockout power? He absolutely does. Um, you know, he lost by knockout uh, to Mike Perry, but then immediately righted that ship, just immediately flipped it right back around and knocked uh, knocked out Bobby Nash. Then he lost by knockout to Nordine Talib, and then he won by knockout against Oliver Endcamp, and then just recently snuck, uh, snuck out of a... Uh, where was that at? Where did Shogun fight Smith at? Anthony Smith. I can't remember. Anyway, he got out of there with a split decision win. So he's looking to extend this to three. I think he's too much too soon, though, going up against Claudio Silva. Claudio Silva currently uh, is coming in at minus 155. I like him, and I like him by submission. Uh, I don't have the sub. Again, we don't have the, the sub uh, props out, but I think Claudio Silva by submission at minus 155 is still great value because they're making these matches so even now. Uh, we're not getting these minus, you know, well, with the John Jones, Anthony Smith being the exception here, we're not seeing these minus 350s, these minus 400s, these minus, back in the old Ronda Rousey days, these minus 800, 900 cards, uh, or fights rather. We're seeing a whole lot more, you know, solid matchmaking. Claudio Silva at minus 155 is still a great opportunity to make money. I think he gets it done by submission. I think that that's a good, that's a good play whenever that comes out. That's, that's an excellent prop play. Um, definitely want to, you know, I don't want to say pound that one, but that's definitely going to be something to look after. So moving on again, we got another hometown kid, uh, Nathaniel Wood or Nathan Wood taking on Jose Quinones. Uh, this is going to be a fantastic fight. Uh, Wood is, you know, man, I don't want to say these, this is a can't lose as far as, um, as far as excitability goes. Cause you never, you never know with guys going out there. They end up just taking pictures, fainting at each other the whole time. But I really don't see that happening. I think Wood's going to come out and impose his will. You know, he's got hometown crowd behind him. I really think that he's going to do big things. 
Um, you know, he's definitely uh, a guy that's looking to move up the rankings, and he's probably realistically three, uh, you know, three quality wins away from a title shot. I feel like is probably where he's sitting at. Uh, I, I really think that the kid can get it done. I really like I really like him in this, and he's the biggest favorite on the card at minus three hundred five, taking on Quinones, and I, I I think that's for good reason. Um, I wouldn't look to do much with Wood outside of this, other than throw him in a parlay. Um, I like you know, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of a good parlay just to throw together. Looking at this thing, you know. Uh, I would say maybe a, oh, if you take, I'd say if you take Dan Ige, let me see what, let me see what I can get this to pull up at. If you can take Dan Ige, oh, where's he at? Let me pull him up on this book here. Nathaniel Wood and, let me get one more good one in here. We'll take Claudio Silva. Throw that together, throw one unit on it you're coming back at 2.6 return on your money. So uh, Claudio Silva, Nathaniel Wood, and Dan Ige is probably a good parlay to throw together there. So I would avoid Nathaniel Wood by himself unless you're going to throw him in a parlay like the one I just said where we're getting Dan Ige, Nathaniel Wood, and Jose, uh, or rather Claudio Silva together. And that's 2.6 return on your money. That's not bad at all. That moves us on to what on any normal card in the non-ESPN era, this fight would either be a co-main or a main event, and that's Vulcan Ozdemir versus Dominic Reyes. Everybody's hot to trot on Dominic Reyes, and justifiably so. The guy looks like an absolute killer. He looks like Vulcan Ozdemir looked before he ran into Daniel Cormier. Um, The thing is with Vulcan Ozdemir before the Daniel Cormier fight, he looked unstoppable, but in doing so, there and we're seeing this currently with the, with Johnny Walker in, in light heavyweight as well, is when you're beating opponents in 15 seconds, 25 seconds, a minute and a half, stuff like that, you're not logging the necessary experience hours or the experience minutes to help you whenever that inevitably fails. So what you had with Vulcan Ozdemir when he fought Daniel Cormier was that real quick, that Mr. No Time, uh, you know, uh, Volcan Ozdemir, when he went out there and couldn't snuff Daniel Cormier out right away, there was no plan B. There was no plan C. He looked lost. He looked miserable because he didn't have the he didn't have the minutes in there to deal with adversity to work through his progressions. This isn't working. What comes next? And he didn't make the requisite adjustments, and he paid for it. Um, you know, he just got outclassed and got beat. And then, same thing. He fights Anthony Smith, and he does not have an answer for whenever he can't get you out of there quick. Lucky for him, Dominic Reyes is not that different um, in that you know he's not going past the second round, so you have a good opportunity to find somebody that's going to be a willing participant participant rather in this dance of violence that you're going to try to orchestrate inside the octagon. Now it's going to come out to who's better from a technical standpoint, and I think that that goes to Dom Reyes. I think he's got better striking. I think he's got better footwork. I like the way he throws things down the center line. I like the way that he moves his head. Ozdemir throws these really rigid, 
Vanderlei Silva style hooks. And I just think that a guy that's willing to stay in the pocket and absorb the punishment can eat that all day. He's just going to nom, nom, nom on those, on those hooks. And he's going to beat him up. Um, I don't think that Ozdemir has, you know, I don't think that Ozdemir has the chin necessary to deal with the punishment that a lot of these light heavyweights, uh, can bring towards him. Uh, if you look at him just from a from a physical standpoint, his body uh, is not designed. You know, I guess you'd say evolutionarily speaking, he's not designed to take that kind of punishment to his face. He's got a tiny chin, he's got a tiny jawline, you know, and everything. And the, the lower half of his face just sort of rests in his neck. So if you get that thing moving, you know, you can only move that head so far to the left or the right, and that electrical circuit that runs from you know through your body, man. I, that thing will turn off, and it's a wrap. So, you know, he, he's he got a small button. He's just got a real small button. All you got to do is press it. It shuts everything down. Um, did not look good against Anthony Smith. Took a lot of time off after that fight. And, you know, maybe he made the adjustments. Maybe he didn't. Dominic, Dominic Reyes, though, he's looking to stay active. He wants to make a title run. I think beating Volkan Ozdemir is a great way to do it. Um, I think he beats him. And then if he beats Volkan in in convincing fashion, I don't know. I mean, do you give him John Jones next? I don't know who you give him. Um, I I really don't know. You know, Johnny Walker hasn't earned the right to leapfrog everybody to come up and fight him. So if he beats Volcan, you know, who I think sitting at like number three or four, I, I, you know, I would say you'd have him fight Gus, if he won, but Gus just got booked to fight Anthony Smith. So, you know, those two are Matt, those two fighting is a non-consequential fight because neither one of them are going to beat John Jones, right? So it doesn't matter if Gus wins that fight. And it doesn't matter if Anthony or Anthony Smith wins that fight because neither one of them are getting a rematch against John Jones anytime soon. So if you're looking to push somebody for John Jones to fight, you got Tiago Santos and you've got, uh, Dominic Reyes. So if Dominic Reyes can go out there and he can just put on a performance against, uh, you know, Vulcan Ozdemir after I think the inevitable Santos John Jones fight, I think Reyes would be smart to bide his time and wait and get that and get that John Jones title shot. Uh, don't necessarily know that a Vulcan fight prepares him for that, but it's the right move. And if his management and his people were smart, that's what they'd be holding out for. Uh, Stats-wise, Dom Reyes coming in at minus 270. Ozdemir coming back plus 210. Good value on Ozdemir. He can absolutely win this fight. Just don't. I just don't see it happening. Uh, I think Reyes gets it done. Definitely think he gets it done inside the distance. Be interested to see what the rounds are going to come in at. I would guess one and a half. And I would be... I'd have to see what the over is on the one and a half. I'd be tempted to take that over one and a half. Just in case Ozdemir comes out and he's a little tentative at first. Uh, you never know, but you know, these guys are 205 when they weigh in, they're probably closer to 230 come, you know, 220 to 230 come fight night. I would like to think that maybe, uh, you know, I mean, they're still like, it's still heavyweight hitters. I don't think, yeah, I'd have to see what the over under one and a half is going to be, but I think that the one and a half is going to be where the rounds land. And I like Reyes at two minus two seventy. I'd be more interested in playing the over under on rounds if it's at one and a half. Probably playing the under on that. So that brings us co-main event of the evening: Leon Edwards versus Gunnar Nelson. I'd be I'd be lying to you if I told you this wasn't the fight that I've been going back and forth on the most. Hang on. So anybody knows anybody that works at Zevio, 
Let's try to get a sponsorship there. Uh, as much as I'm buying their products, goodness gracious, it's probably on stock in the company. Um, Leon Edwards taking on Gunnar Nelson. Absolutely fantastic fight. Uh, this is the part where I'd be a little self-promoting, guys. If you go to Frontproof Media, uh, their website, frontproofmedia.com, I actually was able to write an article for them uh, this week breaking down this fight and the main event, and they were kind enough to publish it, and I'm super proud of it and excited. Would love it if you guys would go there, frontproofmedia.com, go to the MMA article section, and you'll see it right there, and share it on your social media. That would make me just absolutely tickled pink. But again, all right, enough of the self-promotion. So, we got Leon Edwards six in a row. The win streak Leon Edwards is on. Gunnar Nelson uh, rattled off two in a row after the loss to San, uh, Santiago Ponzanibio. You know, I feel like for a time Gunnar Nelson was tapped as being the next great thing in the welterweight division. I don't think he's there anymore. I think that this is, I think he's a gatekeeper. I think he's a gatekeeper with a fantastic record. I mean, he's only 17 and three, but I just don't see where he gets over the hurdle and starts beating the guys he needs to beat to get a title shot. And then even if he were to get it, I don't know who the hell, I mean, it, who would, who would he beat? Um, you know, I've said it time and time again, that great wrestling negates great jujitsu and, you know, Gunner's good. He's gifted. Um, but you know, he's going up a guy that's probably as equal in every area in, in Leon Edwards, Leon Edwards hits just as hard. He's very competent on the ground. Um, he's got, you know, just an excellent fight knowledge the same way Gunnar Nelson does. And I, you know, everybody that I know seems to be picking Gunnar Nelson here. And I initially was tempted to pick Gunny by submission. And that may, that initial gut instinct may be right, but the more I look at this fight, the more I, I just sit here and I think about it, I like Leon Edwards in this. I really, you know, he's coming off the strength of the Cowboy win. You know, he looks good. He, he you know, he's a good-looking dude. He speaks well. He's got he's great talent. He's well-rounded, well-versed, high fight IQ, high IQ outside of the cage. I really think that, you know, if you, man, what I would love is to see Leon Edwards win, see Darren Till win, and have them fight each other for uh, a number one contender fight. That would be fantastic. Um, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to say that it's not possible. It absolutely is possible. Um, I just that would be like in my dream UFC matchmaker sort of, uh, you know, wish list. I would love to see something along those lines. So anyway, like I said, everybody I know seems to be picking. Gunnar Nelson by submission, and I think that's a good play. I think that's a safe play. If you were to play Gunnar Nelson by submission, I don't think anybody would fault you for that if that didn't hit. Uh, but what I would caution people is is to know that you know Gunnar Nelson has shown that he does not like being hit, and Leon Edwards is incredibly accurate. Uh, Gunnar Nelson has shown himself to have extreme cardio issues as a fight rolls on. Leon Edwards is poised, calm, and collected in the fire. Um, and he does not get riled up. I, I don't think I've ever seen the guy breathe heavy in a fight. He looks fantastic. His conditioning will be on point. He hits harder than Gunnar Nelson. Um, Gunnar is going to, or Nelson rather, is going to have to use that weird lengthy karate style stance to cover more octagon space, get inside, 
push Edwards up against the cage, drag him down, and hope to get a submission. Uh, it's basically his only shot of winning this fight. Edwards, on the other hand, just needs to make him pay every single time that he tries to do exactly that. Um, if I was him, I would even avoid throwing leg kicks. I would literally just sit and wait and and try to counter uh, everything that, that Gunnar Nelson is doing. You know, keep one hand low, try to dig uppercuts on entry. Really just sort of, uh, you know, try to make Gunnar Nelson pay every single time he comes in. Would not be surprised if, if, if Gunny tries shooting from distance. Uh, great opportunity to Edwards to, uh, to land an entry knee and, and definitely do some work there. I like Leon Edwards in this fight. The odds have actually gotten closer as the day has gone on, and I imagine they'll be even closer after the uh, after weigh-ins tomorrow. So right now, you've got Leon Edwards coming in at a minus 140, and then you've got Gunnar Nelson coming back at plus 110, which I think is fantastic. Uh, great value on both these guys. I think that Leon Edwards is going to win this fight, and at minus 140, I like that play a lot. Uh, don't necessarily think he's going to get it done inside the distance. Might want to play the over-under rounds on this. I think it's going to come in at 2.5. If it comes in at 2.5, be looking to play the over. Um, I think that I think that Leon Edwards wins. I just don't think that he's going to get it done inside the distance unless Gunny really gasses bad trying to go for takedown attempts and ends up getting caught. Um, does Leon Edwards have knockout power? Absolutely does, but do I think he's going to get it done? Probably not. He's definitely going to win the fight. I definitely think he's going to win the fight, rather, but I just don't see him getting it done inside the distance. So that brings us to the main event of the evening. Darren Till versus Jorge Masvidal. Can't believe it. Finally here, Jorge Masvidal's back. Taking on the gorilla, Darren Till. Now, I watched Darren Till fight years ago. thought, man, that guy's a real talent. Um, could definitely see him... Uh, you know, being a being a star one day, fighting for a belt. Uh, I just think it happened too early with the Tyron Woodley fight. I just think it was way too early. Uh, he was not ready. Um, the hype train got behind him after you know the Cowboy win and then the Wonder Boy fight, which I think that he lost. In my opinion, he lost. But all the same, that's more of a fault of Stephen Thompson not doing enough to win a fight than it was Darren Till doing enough uh, to not lose it. So I I really think that. You know, uh, Darren Till has got to make a statement here. Problem is, he's going up against a super tough guy in Jorge Masvidal. Now, Masvidal used to fight at 155. Crazy to think that he used to make that weight. Fights at 170 now. You know, he's taking a ton of time off. Competed in some sort of weird Big Brother slash Road Rules, real world challenge, like Latin America thing. Took a ton of time off, but it was mostly just because he couldn't find anybody that he deemed to be a worthy opponent. Not to say that Masvidal is not worth a big payday or even a main event spot because he is a very exciting fighter, but beating Cowboy uh, one time is not necessarily like your ticket to main event uh, or co-main event status everywhere you go. And as such, I think he's gotten a whole lot uh, on his plate here with Darren Till. Now, how can Jorge Masvidal win this fight? Well, there's a couple different ways that he can win it. One, I think that he's going to have to utilize leg kicks and he's going to have to utilize them early. Um, he's got to get Darren Till unwilling to stand so close to him because Darren Till likes to stand really, really close, just outside of range, and look for counters. Um, he's got to move and beat up that leg 
and make it so Darren Till doesn't want to stand that close to him. Now, if he's beating up that leg, in particular if he's beating it up with inside leg kicks with the way Till's standing, uh, it's going to open up body shots. So what I would love to see is that when Masvidal does throw combos, he finishes the combos with a body strike. Those things are going to pay dividends later on in the fight. The more uh, that Masvidal can invest in body early while staying safe, it's going to pay dividends because Darren Till is not going to have the gas tank to go five full rounds. He's just not going to do it. So any investment in the body early is going to pay dividends later on. That's really going to be where it turns it on. I think that Masvidal's best hope for winning this fight is to have, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be to use, utilize body strikes early, try to steal either round one, two, or three, and then pour it on in rounds four and five. Really try to pour it on in rounds four and five. If he can pour it on in rounds four and five, um, use punches and bunches. You know he really needs to switch up his speed. Needs to switch his angles. He needs to he needs to get his head moving, and you know keep till guessing. If he can do all that, um, which is a lot with with a guy like Darren Till standing across from you. If he can do all that, I think that he can win this fight. The problem is that Darren Till is gigantic. I think the move to middleweight is just a foregone conclusion. It's going to happen here at some point. If Darren Till can make the weight, I think he wins the fight. He's got to win. He's got to win the, the the fight against the scale first. Um, been looking at him all week. Been watching interviews with him and everything. He's looking real sunk in already. I don't know how much more he can possibly cut out. Uh, you know, I I can't imagine the torture that dude's going through right now as he's cutting weight. It's got to be bad because he's absolutely massive for a 170. Um, and I think that it's going to be one of those things where he's really just going to have to, um, if he can win the battle against the scale, rehydrate and not be too zapped, I think he can win this fight, which again is going to play into Masvidal's favor. Now, how does Till win this fight? Till wins this fight by just doing what got him here in the first place. Um, he's got great Muay Thai, absolutely fantastic. Masvidal is not going to be looking to take him to the ground. I would be shocked if there's a takedown attempt. Masvidal might try to do it to be funny. I doubt there's a takedown attempt. So what Till needs to do is he needs to stick to what got him here. He needs to remember his roots. He needs to remember, you know, uh, his ride or die, uh, and, and just stay with the standup. If he can do that, if he can keep Masvidal at the range he wants him, I think that he can do excellent things here. Now, I made a post on social media today. Masvidal has not been knocked out since 2008. I don't necessarily think that Till's going to get him out of there. I would be I would be plain shocked if he did. But I think that, you know, Till absolutely wins this fight as long as he's able to fight his fight. And his fight is standing, you know, 18 inches away from you. Uh, not quite, you know... Uh, but, yeah, it is. It's, it's almost exactly like how the Diaz brothers fight. He needs to be just outside a range of you and inside a range for him. He's got those long arms. He's got those long legs. He just needs to. He just needs to beat Masvidal up. If he can make him worry about the power without gassing himself out, if he can keep pressure on him, if he can keep walking him down and control and not allow Masvidal to get in the center of the octagon and unleash combos, I think he wins this fight. I think he wins it going away. Um with this fight being in London and Till being from Liverpool, if it goes the decision um, and it's close, I see Till getting the nod. Uh, Jorge Masvidal does not have good luck, if you will, when it comes to split decisions. He does a very good job of doing just enough to lose a fight. Um, 
I think that the over-under on rounds on this coming in at 3.5. I think the over is the better play here. Till coming in at minus 240, unless that line moves way down uh, after weigh-ins tomorrow. I really think that that's the play. Um, If Till misses weight tomorrow, don't bet on this fight at all. Um, And I say that because if Till misses weight, he's more likely to win the fight. Um, He's more likely to win the fight by knockout. Because he, you know, with not being able to make that weight, he'll rehydrate up to a bigger, better, faster speed and version of himself than he would had he cut all the way down to the weight. Not to mention the fact that from a psychological standpoint, there's just no way. Um, I, I think that if Till misses weight, you avoid the fight because um, it's going to throw the rounds off. You know, because he might actually be able to finish him if he's feeling really good about himself, or he, his body's feeling a lot better since it didn't have to cut the weight. So the three, the three and a half rounds might be out the window. Uh, you know, Till as a whole has a great chance of winning, so you're not going to make any money yet on the minus two sixty. I would just avoid this fight if Till misses weight. Till makes weight, looking to play the over three and a half rounds. That's coming in at plus 115. So I'd say play the over on the rounds plus 115. It seems to be about the only way you're going to make money um, on this fight is by doing it like that. So that's really about it, guys. There's not a whole lot left. Um, I mean, there's nothing left on the main card. There's a couple fights that interest me on the prelims, uh, but we'll cover those on Instagram like we always do. Uh, real quick, I want to you know, sort of give a shout out to the people that have been supporting the show. Uh, didn't want to do the ads at the very beginning, so I'm just going to throw a couple in here right here at the very end. SavingGraceOil.com. Use promo code CASH20 and get 20% off your entire order. CBD products that are absolutely fantastic. Got a bottle right here beside me on the desk. Badal. Um, you know, keep that keep that, that, that bad boy on the ready. Uh, absolutely love their stuff, and we actually have a new sports book that's sponsoring us right now. Now, um, I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to tell you what it is. I'll give you the promo code. Uh, the problem is with this is we're the you know the ink is still wet on the paper with these guys. So to get in here and be like, oh, it's going to be this, that, and the other. I have all that information, um, but I, ha- I I need to. You know, I haven't even had the chance to put together what I would call an ad read for them yet. But the new sponsor is going to be Skybook.ag. Skybook.ag. For those of you in the UK, all the people that listen in England, that's going to be BetPhoenix. BetPhoenix.ag. And then your promo code is going to be Fistful of Cash. So just Fistful of Cash at uh, Skybook.ag or BetPhoenix.ag. If you use that, it will take you to a list of promotions. Uh, bonus promotions that you guys can use. So it's not like just one thing where it's like, oh, you know, when we had the other one, it was where it would be 100% match on your on your initial deposit. There's a ton of different bonuses, and you go there and you can pick what you want your bonus to be. Um, so there's a 100% cash bonus or a 50% free play, 100% free play, a credit card uh, deposit bonus. There's a bunch of different ones, but it's skybook.ag or betphoenix.ag if you're in the UK. Uh, so go ahead and check either one of those out. Use the promo code Fistful of Cash, just like how the podcast is spelled Fistful of Cash, and it takes you to an actual promotion page where you can pick your promotion. Um, I've got to read through all of them so that way you know I can spout them out for you guys like I, like I'm prone to do. I just don't have it right now. I got to learn them all still, but I do want to let you guys know that we are 
partnering up with them and you can go there and there's a bunch of different stuff there's stuff on there for 200% matches and 150% matches and you know there's just all kinds of stuff on there for you to choose from but you get to choose what your promotion is going to be so uh, there's that all right give a shout out to all of our listeners and the big ones for this last episode Top countries, the U.S., Canada, Australia, the U.K., Germany, Spain, Costa Rica, and always Ireland, throwing it down. And then we'll go top cities, Honolulu, New York, Pittsburgh, L.A., Washington, D.C., St. Paul, Minnesota, London, and Phoenix. I appreciate you guys very much. There's a bunch of other people in here. We'll go down to, let me see somebody way down here. Let's see if I can find one. Give me like a low-key city that only had one download. Let me look. Let me look. Shout out these people. Shout out to the listeners from Rhinelander, Wisconsin. If you if you are our fan from Rhinelander, Wisconsin, I appreciate you. And let's see. There's got to be another one in here. Uh, Crystal Lake, Illinois. Camp Crystal Lake. Jason Voorhees. I appreciate. I appreciate you, man. And then one more. Uh, let's see here. Let's get a Canadian one. Um, oh, man. I know I'm going to butcher this. Etobicoke. E-T-O-B-I-C-O-K-E. Etobicoke, Ontario, Canada. Appreciate you guys coming to us from Etobicoke and Camp Crystal Lake. Appreciate you guys. And Rhinelander, Wisconsin. All those people outside of the top cities as well. Appreciate you guys. All right, going to wrap this thing up, keep it short and sweet, because I know that's how everybody likes it. I will talk to all of you later. Thanks, everybody, that joined on the live stream. And if you, again, a little bit self-promoting, go to frontproofmedia.com, go to their MMA section, and check out the article that I was blessed enough to do for them uh, this week, and share it on your social media. I'd appreciate it a lot. It goes a long way for them, and it goes an even longer way for me uh, as we continue to grind and hustle and pay it forward. Um, had a good opportunity this week. Uh, to pay it forward with some of the money uh, that we've gotten through Patreon and through the sponsorship deals and then, you know, uh, people giving money to the podcast. I I don't like talking about stuff like this because it sounds very self-promoting, but we were able to take some of that money and do some good this weekend. Uh, You can hit me up on uh, DM on Instagram or shoot me an email and we can talk about it on there. Uh, But absolutely was able to do some good stuff this week and was really thankful for that uh, because it was brought about by you guys. And I appreciate that very much. So, uh, again, always trying to pay it forward, always trying to do more for others than we do for ourselves. And I appreciate you guys, and I thank you for joining in. And, again, this is going to be our 51st episode, and I can't believe the first 50 went so fast. I'm excited to see what the next 50 bring. All right, guys, I'll talk to you later. Appreciate you. Take care.